0: and his grace. I don't want you to take your Bible. I want you turn to Psalm 1. First Psalm. Psalm chapter 1. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God. Today's the big one. Today's the bigger than all the others and we're going to talk today about pick up the phone. A lot of people can't hear him speak and i just tell them, well, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Boys, if you will, give me a little more lights in here. They're, they're squinting. I don't want them squinting. I want them to make sure I, they got to know whether I'm telling the truth or not. There you go. Now they can tell it. There you go. I just want you to see me. Uh, yeah, I got that radio face. All right. Uh, Psalm chapter one, we're going to talk about pick up the phone. Before we read it, I want to ask you a simple question. And I want to tell you something. God is not playing games with you. He tells the truth. Here's the question. Do you want to be successful? Yes. That wasn't hard, was it? I've never met anybody who said, I hope my life falls apart. Why are so many lives falling apart? You know I'm going to tell you something? And a lot of I've had preachers fuss at me for saying this. As long as he says it, I'm going to say it. God has promised you success in every area of your life. You're fixing to read it. This is the passage where we find success in everything we do. Psalm chapter 1. I love this. I've chewed on this for years. Alright, let's read it together. Blessed is the man. Just freeze right there. Man or woman. The word actually means human being. Man or woman. What does the word blessed mean? We've heard that all our lives. Country preachers used to say blessed. What does blessed mean? It's in the Old and New Testament. It's in there hundreds of times in the Bible. It simply means this. God's going to do something for you. God's going to be good. Blessed means God's going to be good to you. God is going to be good to the man or to the woman. Alright? And maybe you would like for God to be good to you. You'd be surprised what he could do that you can't do. And he wants to be good to you. But he says, now it's conditional. Me doing things for you is conditional. And here's the conditions. You got to not do three things and you got to do this. One thing. You got it? Three, one. You cannot do the three, but if you miss doing the one, I still can't help you. But if you'll quit doing three things and do the one thing, I'll fix your family. I'll fix you. I'll bless you. Blessed means that God does things for people. Let's read. It. Blessed is the man who, three things he doesn't do. Number one, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel means advice. Number one, you got to make up your mind. Ungodly people are not going to tell me how to live. They're not going to direct my life. And right, you probably boogered up on something here. The word ungodly, when you think of ungodly, which is how old women in the church used to say it, what do you think of? Wicked? Doing ungodly is not Wicked? Wicked's wicked. You can be a nice person. Some of the nicest people I know are very friendly. They're kind. They mean well. They want to help people, but they are ungodly. It means you don't look to God for wisdom. Wicked and ungodly are two different things. Blessed is the man who doesn't listen to people, tell them how to live, who don't look to God for wisdom. Got it? We're not going to let ungodly people tell us how to live. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how good they are. I'm not going to listen to it. second thing we have to do, all right, number one, he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, he does not, no, does not stand in the path of sinners. Right, You've got to make a decision about sin. Y'all made a decision about sin yet? Oh, yeah. You need to make one eternal decision. I'm done. Now, how many of you sometimes want to sin? Yes. Oh, yeah. You think I don't know this book, don't you? How many of you know sin is fun? Brother Brian, don't tell him that. God told him that. Hebrews talks about the pleasure of sin. Fun. What are you looking at me for? You think it's fun. <laughs> but let's finish that verse. The pleasure of sin for a period of time. What's the end result? Pain. I've made an all-time decision about sin. Even when it looks good and I want to do it, I just say, you've done that to me enough not going that right anymore. You got to make a decision. Uh, People have asked me to pray for them on issues. Man asked me one time, he said, I struggle with pornography. Could you pray for me? I said, no. I said, you like it, don't you? He said, well, yeah. And I said, well, God doesn't deliver people from their friends. God delivers people from their enemies. You need to decide this is ruining my marriage and I'm going to start hating it. Okay. There was, if if you want a great life, you got to make a decision about sin. I'm going to be boom today all right so you you're not gonna listen ungodly people are not gonna tell you how to live your life number two i'm done with sin what's the third one in there he does not park his fanny that's what sits means he does not sit in the seat of the scorner the scorner the smart aleck who thinks he knows more than god does are you ready you're not gonna spend your time listening to the news news media or you mean left I mean left and right news are scorners smart alecks they reject God's truth <clears throat> I'm not going to listen to the negative Christian that's a scorner he scorns God's truth I'm not going to sit there and listen to that all day sit, what does sits mean? you're going to sit there and listen to it he's decided I'm done listening to this jump listen to me <clears throat> I'm not going to listen to me anymore we didn't get no amens out of that did we? I'm done listening to me. I don't have anything to say. I right, here's a person that says, ungodly people are not going to tell me how to live. I've made a decision about sin and I'm going to quit listening to all this junk. Okay, one, two, three. What's the big thing you do? Watch this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in that law he meditates day and night. All right, he delights in something. He really enjoys, delight means enjoys. What is the law of the Lord? The law, you say 10 commandments? No, 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 dear ones. Three different words come out of that one word. It can be revelation, things God shows you. It's also the word good news. His delight is in the good news that comes from heaven. And it's a strange thing. It's also translated beauty. He's decided he's going to chew on the beauty and the good news and the things God shows him. All right. And the Bible says he does what? He meditates day and night. That's pretty regular, isn't it? Does anybody know what meditation is? You do it all the time. Everybody meditates all the time. Meditate means to think deeply. Focus on. Chew on. Uh, You lay down at night. You got problems with your kids. Or you got problems at work. Money problems. And you lay down at night and you're thinking about it. You're meditating. You pull up beside people in traffic. They're going and they're talking. There's nobody in the car. You know what they're doing? They're meditating. They're thinking deeply about something. They're chewing on it. They're It means to dwell on something. Tell me what this man chews on and dwells on and thinks on. The good news and the revelation of what God's got to say. It's in his mind. He just eats it and he chews on it all. Listen, you're going to chew on something. Everybody meditates all the time. Why would you chew on garbage when you can chew on life? I know that makes sense to you. All righty. Dear ones, the number one way God speaks to people it's through this book right here. 90 plus percent of what he says to me comes right out of here. And when he speaks to me, even when I don't have it in my hands, he speaks the word to me. 90 plus percent. I've got people who want to hear a word from God. Here it is. Sorry, you wanted, I know you wanted something sexier than that. This is it, dear ones. 90 plus percent of what he says is going to come out of this word. All right, now... Can we just quit playing religious games for a minute this morning? Why do people not pick the Bible up? I'm going to tell you why. It's boring. I can't get no amen out of that. Oh, y'all so religious. I know we're in church on Sunday, but let's act like it's Tuesday, could we? People don't read the Bible because they're bored by it. Which is more exciting or interesting? Let's use the word interesting. Which is more interesting, Facebook or the Bible? No, no. If the Bible were more interesting, you'd spend more time in the Bible than you do on Facebook. Busted. I'm not here to fuss at you. I'm here to help you. The Bible is the boringest book in the world. I'm fixing to show you. Or either it's alive. It can be one of the two, depending. And the Bible calls itself a dead book apart from the Spirit. I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to teach you. People don't understand this. This is why people don't read the Bible because it's so boring. This book is either dead or alive depending on what's in your heart. All right, let me me illustrate it this way. How many of you like to be put on hold? (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I'll lose my house. I'm not going to be put on hold. Ain't going to happen. I had to call my doctor this week and change an appointment. I almost got ill with them. Some cone head mess. And uh, so I pick it up and they say, your call is very important to us. I think, right. You lie. if my call were important, you'd answer it. You'd hire somebody to answer it. And they'd be able to speak English. So, and then, and then this guy says, your estimated wait time is late to less than one minute and I thought yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes later my estimated wait time every 30 seconds was less than one minute and your call is very important to us and it may be recorded I don't care if the flipping president listens to it just talk to me doc <laughs> finally hung up I'm not going to be put on It irritates me there's nothing more boring than being put on hold hey you want to get together tonight and listen to a recording that, nobody does that <laughs> but you listen to me If my phone rings and it's my wife, I'll sit there and talk to her all day. If one of my children call me, what's up, daddy? I love talking to them. There's a big difference between being put on hold and somebody you love talking to you. That's the dead Bible and the living Bible. Let's look at that in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says the Bible is either dead or it's alive. I don't blame people for not reading a dead Bible. I would mean, be like reading a medical textbook <laughs> on colonoscopies. That'd bore you to tears. <laughs> I'm not going to read that junk. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is one of the strangest passages and it says the Bible is either dead or it's alive. All right, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6 says this, Our Heavenly Father made us sufficient, all of us, As ministers or administrators of the new covenant, watch this, not of the letter, only the spirit. The letter is dead. The spirit causes it to come alive. if you try to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, this thing will bore you to tears. You'll get nothing out of it. It's the boringest book in the world. But if when you sit down with the Bible and the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible, your heart will come alive. It's like being on hold versus talking to the person you love the most. That's why people don't. That's why preachers don't. Survey after survey shows us that preachers don't read the Bible anymore. They pick it up to get sermons ready, but they don't read it for God to speak to them. The large majority. What it is is because the Spirit's not in it anymore. The Bible without the Spirit will kill you. But if the Bible, you pick it up and the Word of God's there and the Spirit's in it, you'll eat it. it. You just bring it'll cause your soul to come alive. For the Spirit of God to help you with the Bible, two things have to happen. Number one, you have to be born of the Spirit. If you're not born again and you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you, this book doesn't make a lick of sense to you. I had a friend of mine went to college years ago and the professor first day held up the Bible, started mocking it, said, I've read it. Don't make a lick of sense. He's wanting to pick on, if it's, if it's not real, why do so many people fuss about it? Talk to me. He said, it's a crazy book. Make a, I've read it, doesn't make a lick of sense. And she raised her hand because she's one of them, she's a lot like me. She said, sir, the Bible is God's love letter to his people. That's what you get for trying to read somebody else's mail. Of course, it don't make any sense to you. <laughs> well, you know what? That's cute, but that's the truth. It's not supposed to mean anything to you if you're not born. if you're born if you're not born again. There's nothing there. I'll never forget. I'm a young preacher, and a deacon came to me in my church. He said, uh, "I need you to recommend a commentary to me that I can use." He said, "I read the Bible, but I don't get nothing out of it." He said, "I need a commentary," and I thought, "All right, I'll recommend one." Oh no, no, no! I found out he didn't need a commentary. He needs to get saved. He needs the Spirit of God inside of him. Yes, yes. A commentary can't help you if you're not born again. Right. He who wrote the Bible's got to live inside of you to make it come alive. True. All right, you've got to be born again, and you have to be right with the Spirit. Yes. He's not going to talk to you if your fist is in His face.
1: It.
0: Can I illustrate and make me look like a fool? How many of you know you've got to want to obey Him for Him to talk to you? Years, years ago, I'm way, I'm, I would never do this again, but years, years ago when I was young, I, I don't just buy a book of sermons and puke them out. I asked him to talk to me so I could talk to you. I'm young. You know the reason I keep saying I'm young because I'm trying to look good here. <laughs> and I was very young, just starting out. And uh, I was a little rude to my wife one day. God forbid I'd ever do it now because I don't. I was a little rude to her one day. But nothing ugly. I just said something snappy in the kitchen. And then I had to go back to my office. It was time for me to prepare to preach. I sat down. I said, speak, Lord. Thy servant listens. He said, till you march yourself right back in there. Tell her how sorry you are. I'll never say another word to you. I thought, can I give some money to orphanage? Dad? I'd rather do that than be humbled. No, listen, he's not going to let you off. You can't have your fist in his face and him talk to you. The book comes alive. We'll do that. All right. This is a living book when things are right. Now let me, people read the book, read the Bible like a textbook. No, read the Bible like a treasure hunt. Matter of fact, the Bible says this is like a treasure hunt. Watch this. Turn with me to Matthew 13. I guess you know I love the Bible. Matthew 13 is where it tells us this is one of the most amazing passages. All right, Jesus is going to take a parable. You know what a parable is? Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a story, but there's a tr- story hidden inside the story. And you've got to dig the story out of the story. That's what a parable is. He loved to speak to people in parables. Matter of fact, the Old Testament prophet said, I will talk to people in parables. I like to hear parables too. And he just hides stuff for us. That's why Proverbs says it is the glory of a king to hide a matter, God to hide a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out what he means. And this is one of the wildest parables. It's very simple and the great truth is hidden in it. Uh, Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like what? Treasure hidden in a field, which a man found. All right. Now I'm, let me ask you a deep question. Why did a man find treasure hidden in a field? Somebody tell me. Bingo. He's looking for it. If you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. Matter of fact, I don't know if you ever did this. I did it when I was a kid and we did it with our kids. You go up in the North Carolina mountains, they got these joints where you can go in there and pan for gold, you know, and they they throw some old cheap rocks in there to make you feel like you found something. And you can pan for gold. And uh, we had a big time doing that. We'd treat it like it was gold. Matter of fact, I think I carried some with me and threw it in the dirt for the kids and then let them find it in there. That's exactly what he means. It's hidden and you got to go looking for it. But you find it. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Now, watch this. And he's mad about it. Is that what it says? He finds treasure and it makes him mad. No, he found treasure hidden in a field and for joy. And maybe you know, if you find treasure, you're going to be happy. You're not going to be mad. Amen. But listen, how great it is He said, The joy over what he found was so great. He said, I'll give up everything I've got to get this. What he found must have been valuable. I mean, you give up everything, you got to get something. What's he talking about here? There was the field is the word of God. The treasure is what he helps you find in there. And the joy you have over what you found, you say, I don't care what it costs me. I want that. I want that right there. I'll give up everything I ever dreamed of to get that right there. So we read the Bible like it's a treasure hunt and uh, the spirit shows you things and we're gonna look at these later and then you dig them out I, I got these things all over the place i'm reading i'm going through scriptures and i see something that just ignites my heart and i, I just cut these out of card stock two by whatever cards and uh, i'll take my pen and i'll write it out there and then i keep them clipped together and i got these laying in the truck i got them all over the place i probably got thousands of these things these are treasures that he's shown me in the scripture and uh so you know i keep uh I keep nuts with me to snack on. I keep these to snack on during the day. I should, we'll talk about them in a little bit. All right. Now, <clears throat> what is Satan's greatest work in the church in America today? It's happened in my lifetime. He has stolen the Word of God away from the church. He has separated God's people from the Word. Um, listen to me. He knows. The enemy of your soul knows God will bless the man who gets out of the seed of the smart aleck and delights in the law of God. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Brings forth his fruit in his season. Whatever he does will succeed. He'll be like that. He knows that. Therefore, he knows if I can separate them from this word, they're not going to make it. Right. And he's done it in our generation. He's separated. us. So I want you to look at me in the book of Mark. We're, we're close there. Turn a few pages to the right. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is that great, it's a lengthy passage, we're not going to read it, where Jesus says, the way that I bless your life after you start following me is for you to receive the seed into your life. What does verse 14 say? The sower sows what? The Word of God. The seed that he sows into your life for great, and you can read that whole passage if you want to, simply says this, the way great things happen in your life is for you to keep receiving the Word you received the seed. And I'm going to teach you something in a minute about that. And so he's stolen the word away. Now I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to say. He did not replace the seed of the word of God in Christians' lives with whorehouses and honky-tonks. I think most of you, if some hussy came up to you and said, leave your wife and run off me, you'd probably say, not today. <laughs> Can I get an amen out of that? Thank you. He doesn't steal the Word of God with bad stuff. He has replaced the Word of God in believers' lives with Christian music, preaching, podcasts, Christian books, Christian activities. None of that will do what only the Word of God will do in your life. The Bible doesn't say blessed is the man who listens to Christian music. It doesn't say blessed is the man who goes to church. Blessed is the man who meditates my Word day and night. There is no good substitute for the Word of God getting inside of your heart and making the difference inside of us like that. It, uh, let's look at one more. Turn me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. There was, my prayers can't replace His word. Studies can't replace His word. Nothing you can do can replace you staring at the promises of God. That's Proverbs chapter 4. I want you to look at what it says. This is the verse, passage that saved my life years ago. Proverbs 420. My son, give attention to what? Christian ideas, Christian, my words. Give attention to my words. Watch what he says. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in your heart. How do you get something in your heart? All right, you take a thought, it goes into your mind. You read a book, it goes into your mind. How does it go from your mind down into your heart? You meditate on it as you chew on something and think deeply about it, it slips from your intellect down into your spirit. said, so put this in your spirit. Get my word down in your spirit. Watch verse 22. Life to those who find them and healing to all their being. The way he gives you life and heals your being. Psalm 107 says, my people are in trouble. Psalm one hundred seven twenty: 20. He sent his word, healed them, delivered them from all their problems. There's no substitute and the enemy knows that now. <clears throat> Why are today's churches so fruitless? Why are preachers so fruitless today? We have The enemy has stolen the Word of God away from God's people. When I became a believer 40-some years ago, every believer carried the Bible everywhere they went. They memorized scriptures. They were in the Word of God. It, Christianity then was built around the Word of God. Today, it's built around Christian enterprise. My dear friend J.L. Williams, who uh, he started one of the first interracial uh, ministries here, traveled up and down, the, well, all over the nation with kids and whatnot. And took high school kids and college kids and they went out and ministered everywhere and one of them told me you could not even get on the bus with him you couldn't start until you'd memorized 100 scriptures and somebody said man i said no no that everybody did that back then that's the reason we had such a vibrant powerful faith back then was because we were in the word of god constantly now let me talk to you about something why is there so much insanity in the church today why, is there so much, why are God's people walking up to me telling me the craziest things? And I'm just going, you didn't just say that. I, I'm, so, you could, I'm not going to illustrate. You couldn't believe the junk that's going on in believers' lives today. Why is that? The Word is not there. Right. Let me show you something. Turn with me to John chapter 8. And doing, This is a special in this is a crazy day. Why do you have entire Christian denominations in America that do not preach the Word of God but they are pushing sin and promoting sin. What in the hell is going on? You know why this is happening? And you know why people with straight faces tell me this is good. I'm going to show you right here. John chapter eight. And you need to remember these two verses. John eight, 31, 32. Jesus said to those who believed in him, just stop right there. If you believe in Jesus, are you a follower of God? Yeah. If you believe in him, are you a Christian? Look what Jesus said to Christians who believed in him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. What's the obvious inversion? You don't stay in this word, you're going to be set up for deception. You don't stay constantly in this word, he will carry you away. I'm watching well-meaning pastor friends of mine lose their minds. And now they're promoting the craziest causes that have gotten away from truth because they don't spend any time in God's word. This is the only thing that'll hold you close to truth, and keep us out of the insane deception that's in the earth today. I uh, let me help you understand this. Years ago, before we had digital, computerized digital stuff, we had uh, treasury inspectors, Federal Reserve people. Well, some people—I don't know if you knew this or not—there are people who'd rather print their own money than earn money. <laughs> what are they called? Counterfeiters. So they usually count, I think the 20 and the 100 the counterfeited bill. Nobody counterfeits a one, ain't gonna check it, ain't worth effort. Twenties <laughs> and hundreds, they counterfeit them. And so you had treasury inspectors, federal people, and they could spot counterfeit bills. You know how they taught them to spot them? They never showed them a counterfeit bill. They spent ad time, ad time, ad time studying the real deal. They knew every paper fiber in a real $100 bill. They knew it so well that when they saw a counterfeit, they knew that ain't right. Dear ones, that's what Jesus meant. If you abide in my word, you'll know the truth so well that when garbage comes, you'll say, That's not right. The deception in this nation is so strong right now. If you don't abide in his word, I'm watching, I've seen people in this church carried away. And I have just looked at him and said, You have got to be kidding me. Well, Brother Brown, I know it's real. God told me. Dear ones, if it contradicts this word, it is nonsense. I'm going to give you one example. I don't want to use examples because I don't want to bust but I'm going to give you one example. A man told me my son died in a car accident. My little boy died in a car accident. He said, God took my son to draw me closer to him. Where would you get such nonsense? God killed his son to bring you close to him. He doesn't kill people's children. Why would you think something like that? He said, that's what a preacher told me. Let me ask you a question. What does his book say right here? Do you understand? That is deception. That's, that's that sounds just like something Satan would put on a father to break his heart. We have got to know the truth or we're going to be brought into deception through nonsense like that. Yeah, I can't tell you the men that I've had tell me, well, God's told me to leave my wife and go off with another woman. <laughs> I know he did. He spoke to me. I said, now your preacher fiction speak to you. And you ain't gonna like what he says. That wasn't God. That's your hormones, Bubba. That's a deceiving spirit. And because you do not know God's word, you believe junk like that. And it go everything from the sublime to the ridiculous. Dear ones, we're living in such a day of deception. As the Bible prophesied, if you don't know this book, he gonna carry you to the bank. That's why we got to abide in this word to know the truth it sets us free all right <clears throat> I, c- I cannot emphasize enough i got people not in my church anymore their lives have fallen apart they've ruined their families because they heard some junk but they didn't know the truth they could have stayed free i don't want it to happen to you Let I me mean, let me give you a dumb picture of this about knowing the truth my phone rings i answer it and there's a voice that says hello <clears throat> this is your wife I hate you. I'm leaving you. Don't try to find me. Click. So what do I do with that? What do I do? Call my children, start crying. You ain't going to believe what your mama said to me. Really? You say, you're being crazy. I'm showing you the crazy stuff I hear all the time. (laughs) I wouldn't get upset. I wouldn't say, she's gone. I wouldn't do that. I would say, Billy G, knock it off. I'm busy. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even entertain that that was her. You say, how do you know it wasn't her? You heard what she said. She said she was her. Are you nuts? I know her voice. That ain't it. I know how she talks. That ain't it. Knowing the truth will keep you free from falling for the junk people are falling for today. Nothing except this word will keep you free. Uh, I just, I know I'm overemphasizing this this morning. I just had not long ago, the, one of the godliest ladies in this church just went completely off the deep end. It's so crazy, I can't even say it in front of you out here because she got away from this word. Right. Demons, you've got to stick with the word of God. That's where we find freedom in this thing. I'm, I'm not so sure, I'm wondering if I'll be the last preacher clinging to this book in this nation. I'm hearing preachers say things, and I just go, you fell out of the idiot tree and hit your head on every limb on the way down. My Jesus, help us. All right, let's shift gears. Let me show you something wonderful. <clears throat> there is a miracle that happens when you meditate this word. I've shown this to preachers. They didn't even know it. Let me show you something about this book that's different. Turn me to Hebrews chapter four. Let me show you why. This, this is just, this is the unknown mystery of the kingdom. Mystery means hidden stuff. Hebrews chapter 4. Something happens that you don't know happens when you pick the book up. And then I'm going to show you how to do it. Don't read Leviticus. I'm going to show you how in a minute. Hebrews chapter 4. In one great verse, we find this truth. Hebrews 4, 12. The Word of God is alive. What does that mean? No other book on this planet is alive. The Word of God is powerful. You say, well, just... Brother Brown looks like paper and ink to me. I know, I know, I know. Listen, listen to what he says. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than a sword. Watch these words. It pierces the division of soul and spirit. Yes. Every other book you read, every newspaper you read, everything you read on Facebook stops at your soul. Can't go into your spirit. This is the only thing on this planet that can go into your spirit. You know what your soul is, don't you? That's your intellect, your emotions, your will. I say you read a book or a newspaper. Uh, it touches you intellectually so that you get information. That's your intellect You can read a book or a newspaper and say you can read a book. It can make you happy Read something neat, make you happy. I'm reading a great spiritual book right now about uh, Fishing in Alaskan it makes me happy <laughs> Written by S- Steve Nickens and um, or you can read the newspaper it can make you mad But that's your soul. That's your intellect your emotions. This book's different It will cross the line of the soul. This book will go down into your spirit. This book is alive. It'll go down into your spirit. You won't feel anything. But this book will go down into your spirit. And if it gets into your spirit, things will happen that you don't have to try to do. That's why he said, blessed is the man who lets this thing get down in his heart. Let's look at the picture of it. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4 again. This is the picture of how this works. I'm, this is just a miracle it, it's, the, it's hidden in plain sight it's the miracle under our arms that we're missing the Bible's not to be carried to church it's to be open and read years ago you might, not, you might think I shouldn't tell this which means I'm going to tell it <laughs> years ago I'm in a country church and I had one old he was the dear old father of the church most church, country churches have a dear old man who runs the place aggravating his snot I've had a few ladies try to do that. And you just think, man, if I could get in your pocketbook and exchange your lipstick for a glue stick, we'd all be a lot better off. With. <laughs> and he just he's just aggravating, painted. But he was the dear old father of the church, and he always carried his Bible everywhere. So, Paul always carries his Bible everywhere. And sure, did. it looked like he'd been drugged behind his truck. It looked like saddle leather. But one day he left it in church, and I picked it up, and opened it. And guess what I found? Pages were stuck together. He just carried it. He never opened it. It's to be read. All right. It don't do any good to carry it. You got to read it. Mark chapter 4 is the craziest picture. We got to unlock this one. Mark 4, 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should, what? Sow seed on the ground. Now, what's the seed? You saw in verse 14, the sower sows the word. Tell me what it's like. Tell me what it's like to experience the kingdom of God. You got to sow the word. You've got to sow it continually. "Well, when do I have to do it? Read the next verse. And should sleep by night, rise by day. What does that mean? I don't do it one day. I continually put the word in. Continually sow the seed. Now watch this. The seed will sprout and grow. He will not understand it. He doesn't know how. The earth yields crops by itself. Start small. First the blade, then the head. Then all of a sudden you get a full harvest. Isn't that how you plant corn? I go out there, I plant my corn. I don't go back the next day and say, crap, seed's bad. There ain't no corn out here. No, corn don't grow in one day. Corn grows in 88, 90, 92 days. You put your seed in the ground, you don't see anything for a day or two. And all of a sudden, you see a little something poking up there. Then all of a sudden, it gets a little bigger. And then the last verse there says, but when the time comes, you got the full harvest. That's kingdom life. You continually sow the word of God in your life and slowly things begin to happen. You didn't make it happen and you can't explain it. I don't have to stand out beside my corner and say, come on, baby, come on. I don't have to do that. The seed will do it by itself if I just get it in the ground. This book is alive. Get in your heart thinking, now let me give you an example. Let Let me bring it down to where we live. You begin to find the passages in the Bible and the verses in the Bible that talk about peace, and freedom and, and free from worry and fear and you just start reading them and you just start meditating on them and after a while you're going to say you know what I don't worry like I used to worry things don't bother me like they used to and if you'll keep doing it for a long you'll say Shoot, nothing bothers me anymore I couldn't care less matter of fact I'm getting a little nervous because I don't worry what do you say? sow the seed in there it will grow by itself over time. You don't have to help it. You don't understand it. It works. You spend time in the Psalms, which I love the Psalms. I just read the Psalms all the time. You spend time in the Psalms for a long, you'll go, you know what? I I'm getting happier and happier. I got more joy than I've ever had before. Matter of fact, I, I'm so happy and got so much joy now, I have to try to settle it down when I'm around people. I don't want to think I'm showing off so i try to act real serious around people <laughs> but when they're not around i'm a hoot you didn't so i'm not trying to be happy you sow the word of god the seed will grow it by itself you know not how wow. i right, listen what i'm fixing to say christian counselors tell me that most christians struggle with rejection rejection comes from childhood there's an orphan spirit type that causes people to feel rejected and they get it's called a stronghold of rejection in people's hearts and it's terrible let me ask you a diagnostic question do you worry about what people think about you do you do certain things to try to make people accept you that's a stronghold of rejection you don't need to have it cast out you don't need to try to fight it you find the verses in God's word that deal with sonship and daughterhood the father's love the acceptance of the father and before long, you'll find yourself feeling so loved by God at heart level and so accepted. And it's not one of them, I don't give a rip what people think. That's the worst kind of rejection right there. You just reach a point where you, you just say, well, I hope they like me. But if they don't, it going to bother me a bit. And you, you, just, you can just, it's called freedom. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. But what, do you have to, what does the sower have to do? He sows the seed continually. You got to keep, that's why it's called meditation day and night. You keep meditating on it day. And I'm telling you this book, is, I hate to use the word magic, but you understand the word magic, don't you? It's, it's like rope. This is a terrible. Roto-rooter. I mean, that, that blue stuff you pour in your toilet, just keep it in there and the roots won't get in there and grow. I can't explain it, but it works. It's like Novocaine's a little slow, but it'll get you there. That was a terrible, one, wasn't it? I shouldn't have. Let me tell you the power of this word i have a friend he is a missionary to london england many people consider london england the darkest spiritual place on the planet good luck if you go to london he's a missionary to london but he's a hoot he's an american cowboy and he does great there some years back his president of his organization called him and said we have a seminary in the philippines that's falling apart heresies got in there crazy teachings got in there they're at each other's throats they're fighting and arguing and the place is falling apart he said, I'm gonna send you down there. We're gonna take the president. I'm gonna send you down there for six months, straighten it out. He said, All right, if that's what you're gonna do, I'll go. So he packs up, leaves, moves to the Philippines, had this seminary. That's where you teach preachers, seminary go there. And they got there, and now what do you think he'd do? Call the people in, have meetings. First day he got there, well, the second day he got there, he called everybody and said, Now listen to me, everybody here. Everybody on this campus, everybody in this school, students, teachers, janitors, cooks grounds people everybody you're going to do what i tell you we eat breakfast at seven class starts at eight we're going to push classes back to nine o'clock you eat your breakfast at seven at eight o'clock everybody on this campus cooks included you go find a quiet place somewhere and you get the new testament and you read the new testament linear not the old testament new testament start in matthew go linear to revelation when you get to revelation you get done go back read it again He said, I want everybody here. If you're going to stay here, you're going to do this. One hour every day, you're going to read the New Testament. End of discussion. That's all they did. When people wanted to talk to him about the problems, he said, talk to the hand. I don't want to hear it. He he didn't deal with anything. That's all they did. Four months later, he called that uh, chairman back and he said to him, there's a unity here. The crazy teaching's gone because the entrance to thy word gives light. He said, everybody's happy here now. Everybody loves each other. And the seminary doing great. The only thing he did was put them reading the New Testament. I'm telling you, the word is alive. Yes. It's powerful. It will change people's lives. This is the hidden secret in the earth today that believers are missing. There's no substitute for my son. Attend to my word. Get it down in your heart and leave it there and hope it works. All right. It's 1980. I think five or six. I can't remember. I'm a young preacher starting out. I'm going to give you a, a I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm starting out. I'm just getting going at this preaching thing. I'm new at it. I'd been taught terrible. I had terrible training. I had religious training. And uh, I, if you were alive, you remember these days, 84, 5, 6, the largest Christian minister in the history of this nation had collapsed, PTL. Jimmy Swagger had just been exposed. Even Billy Graham's organization was cut in half. It was just a hellish attack on, on faith in the nation. And I'm just getting into this preaching thing and I'm watching and I'm meeting preachers and I'm thinking, what is this? Because I meet guys who glow in the dark on the platform praise the Lord and they're depressed at the lunch table. Their wives hate them. Kids won't speak to them. They're hooked on pornography. Some surveys tell us that 30 to 40% of preachers are hooked on pornography. What mean it this? That's demonic. Find you somebody who knows how to cast them out and get them cast out. Of course, you've got to decide they're your enemies, not your friends first. Another subject. I said, What's this? is this some religious game we all play where we all act great in church and act like hell outside the church? What is this? And I just asked Jesus. I said, am I going to end up like this? Because I was full, 100% full-blown follow Jesus, period. I thought what you have on Sunday morning, you ought to be on Wednesday night or Thursday night or any other time. All right. And I said, I don't want to be like this. Am I going to be like these guys? I said, what can I do to keep... Him? Of course, these guys are smarter than me, better educated. Dang, knows they's more polished. <laughs> I said, what can I do? And he told me what to do. And he said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Get out of this corner seat. Delight in the law of the Lord. You will be like a tree planted by a river. You will bring forth your fruit in its season. Your leaf will not wither. What does that mean, your leaf won't wither? terrible. Sucks. Everything's terrible. That's withering by the way. <laughs> and I, and these words hit me like a freight train. Everything you do will succeed. I said I can trust you. Last for a And I made a decision right then. I will spend two hours a day reading the Bible for the rest of my life. Wow. That's been that many years ago. 37 years ago. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had the greatest life. I've had the best time. And I'm not putting on and playing games. I love it. The junk that happens to preachers had not happened to me. They talk about how bad it is and I'm thinking, I'm glad I ain't got your church. Must be the church. Mine's fine. <laughs> my, I got the greatest marriage in the world. I adore that woman. My love. I love that woman. <laughs> blessed with my family. I catch fish. My fishing's blessed. He said everything. I've had the greatest life. I'm not smart you know i'm not educated i'm not polished but as i made up my mind blessed is the man who gets his face in this book gets his face out of facebook gets it in this book i made that up all by myself i'm telling you the man tells the truth i don't want to quit by showing you the how how do you actually do it this is where people get messed up they don't know how to read the bible they don't know how to pick it up there was no treat it like a textbook don't turn to page one in the movie Left Behind, the man picked up the Bible and said in the beginning, he said, too late for that. Amen. Too late for that. I hope this don't offend you. A lot of people, if you're, on, if you're on it, God bless you, stay there. Don't let me make you mad. I'm really not trying to. The Read the Bible Through in a Year program. God bless you. Hope you enjoy Leviticus. Hope you get a blessing out of Lamentations. I've heard all the sad love songs I need. Deuteronomy, I get stuck in the mud. Good luck. If you want to do it that way, maybe it'll do you some good, I don't know. But you know what? Don't do it like a duty. The kingdom of heaven is like searching for treasure in a field. Oh, there ain't no treasure in Lamentations. And so, why'd he put it in there? That's between me and him. You just pay attention to the Psalms, what you need to do. Listen to me. Let me tell you how he taught me, and he, may, he might teach you different. I think one of the first verses I remember is First John 2 27. The Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, is in you. You don't need any man to teach you, but the Holy Spirit in you, He will teach you everything you need to know and lead you in all truth. He'll teach you how to do stuff. Here's how He taught me. Where do you think you'd start at? Where would you start? How about let's start at the start. If God tells you start here, you should start here. Listen to this, enter. What does enter mean? If you're going to come into my house, you ain't coming through the bathroom door. You're coming through the front door. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Come into His courts with praise. You start with thanksgiving. You don't start with all the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. No wonder you're depressed. Start in the Psalms. Start with celebration. I start every, every day. Now some people do it at night. That's fine. I do mine during the mornings. I start every day by reading the same three Psalms over and over. Psalm 118, Psalm 100, Psalm 103. I start every time been doing it for years now. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. He answered me and set me in a wonderful broad place. The Lord is on my side. Who can be against me? The Lord is for me. What shall man do to hurt me? It is better to trust in the Lord. That's how I start. You know, you, you start there. That's a good place to start at the start. Yeah. Start in the Psalms. And you need to start with celebration. Let it set the tone. And once I've enjoyed the Psalms and you learn them, you learn to knock around in there. You learn, you learn where the candy is in the pantry. Are you with me? Then I usually go to the Gospels. I read the four Gospels linear over and over. I start in Matthew, go to the end. The four Gospels are where we read about Jesus. I start in Matthew, go through John, go back to Matthew, go through John, go back to Matthew, done it hundreds of times. I think I'm in Luke 19 right now. And I change versions. There's no sacred version. Let me kind let me of go deep here. You need to read a version you can understand. When you read, let love be without dissimulation, doesn't that bless you? You know what it means, doc? but when you read it in another translation it says let love be without hypocrisy I understand that get you a translation you understand I change them up I'm in the good news for modern man living translation right now and I just read about Jesus over and over and over usually one chapter maybe two do that and then I get down that and I'll say any place you want to send me to in particular and if he didn't show me somewhere to go I'll just pick something off the menu it is a menu. You know, like you go in a restaurant, pick some off the menu. I think, well, I think I'll read 1 Peter today because 1 Peter is the kick butt book of the Bible. <laughs> read it. I might read about in Philippians today, which is the book of joy. I might read Galatians, which is the book of freedom. I might just pick out certain verses and read them. Dear ones, it's a treasure hunt. Look for the treasure. But now listen to me carefully. There's times you're going through things in your life and that's what you need to look for in here. If you're struggling with your family, find what he's find the promises about family and eat that. If you're struggling with fear, you've got a bad medical report, something's going on, job situation, you're struggling with fear, find the verses about fear. If you struggle with where to find them, we have what's called a promise book. And it actually breaks the Bible down in categories and it'll tell you if you're suffering, if you're trouble with your marriage, read this. If you're having financial troubles, read this find what applies to you right there. Let me, let me help you understand this. I need a new shirt for next weekend. Something going on. I'm going to go to Belk Department Store and get me a new shirt this week. That's what old people do. They go to Belk's. And, uh, now let me explain to you what I'm going to do. I'm, gonna go in the, I'm not going to walk into Belk's and start looking at the first rack. I'm going to go to the men's shirt section. I'm not going to look for my shirt in the women's brasier section. Can I get a wetness? That'd be stupid. Men's shirts ain't in there, doc. I'm not going to go look into cookware. I'm going to go to the men's shirt section because I need a shirt. If you need encouragement, go to the encouraging verses. If if you're struggling with insecurity, go to the how deep the Father's love for us verses. If you're worried about the future and you're nervous about what's coming down the road, go to the He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. Forgetting the things which are behind. Reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Go to the verses. Find what applies to your situation. Go straight there. Don't be knocking around in the fishing section if you need something else. <laughs> find it. Learn how to do this. And then uh, I do that in the morning. And then that's why I brought some of these. I got these all over. <clears throat> I snack all day long on this. Ask me if I know the Bible. <laughs> was, you can know all about food and no, you know, until you eat it. You can starve being a food expert. You've got to eat it. It's not knowing the Bible. It's feeding on it. I keep these all the time. I ride 30 minutes everywhere I go. and these are in my truck. I keep these in my truck. And I, I'm good at this. Some of you probably get killed doing it. I drive and read these things all the time. If I'm in my truck, these are laying right there. I'm reading. And I'll take them just this. And I'll, just, I'll read that. And I'll chew. i say, that's good. And I'll just do this. I'll look up once in a while, make sure there's nothing up there. <laughs> I do this all the time. I sit around. I'm in the doctor's office this week waiting. I had a little bit of a wait till I just pull these out and I just read them while I'm sitting there. Now let me ask you a question. I'm going to give you an experiment right here. What do you think is better for you? I'm thinking about this. Behold how deep the father's love that he has called me his son. Do not fear little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. A father has a tender heart toward his children. God has a tender heart. Now, what do you think is better? Sit around and think about that, or think about Nancy Pelosi, is an idiot. <laughs> what do you think is better for you? Right. What do you think is going to help you more, <laughs> son? Yeah. Do you do you want do you want healthy food, or you want vomit? What you going to chew on? <laughs> Get out of the seat of the scorner and meditate in the law of God. This is the hidden secret that changes people's lives. You just cannot, there's power in the word. I eat these nasty uh, protein bars. One thing about it, you don't have to run nobody stealing them from you. (laughs) You can't give them things where they're nasty, but you know what? They're good for you. Eat on it. All right, I just snack all day long. Let me quit. I got to quit. I want you to take 30-day challenge. And let me tell you why it's a 30-day challenge. Because the Word of God is a seed. Nothing happens the first day. Plant your seed, you don't even see nothing the first day. Second day, you don't see nothing. You got to have time. I'm, I'm ill right now. I planted some flowers. I planted them on uh, August the 6th. And I got ill because it said right there on the pack, flowers in 30 days. They're about halfway there and I'm mad. I want my money back. They were supposed to, I gave them 30 days. That's what they said. And I don't know. You said what well, it might be the hot air of your nutrition. I don't care. I read the package. It's supposed to be here by now. <laughs> it's, it's a 30-day challenge because it takes time. There was the word of God takes time. Do this. Get in the word. Now you can use whatever way you want to do it, but you got to determine to get in this word and let it get inside of you. And listen, after 30 days, if your life doesn't improve greatly, then just give up. Don't do it no more. I'll give you money back for today. I'm telling you, God tells the truth. Blessed is the man who gets out of the seat of the scorner and gets his face in the truth of God and begins to meditate the good news. But now let me warn you about something. Do you listen to what I'm fixing to say, the enemy of your soul is watching. He will move earth to keep you out of this book. It'll get humorous at what he'll do. It is humorous at what he tries to do to me. I want you to listen to one of the great truths we've forgotten about life in the kingdom. This is in Matthew eleven twenty. 20. It says this, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Right. You have a violent enemy that wants to take the kingdom away from your life. You're going to suffer violence. If you follow Jesus. Listen to the rest of this verse. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Right. You got to make up your mind. You are not stealing my family from me. And you're not stealing my health. And you're not stealing my joy. And you're not stealing my... You're not stealing nothing from me that Jesus died to give. Let's fight, sucker. Quit being scared of him. That's a lie. People are they're scared of the enemy of your soul. I give you authority over all the power of darkness and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Period. The fear of him is demonic itself. My goodness. But you've got to be determined. I'm not blessed because I sat around and smelled the roses. You, you almost have to be redneck to walk with Jesus. I might as well say it. This Jezebel spirit that's on the American church it wants men to start taking estrogen shots and we're all going to be mild mannered. There's nothing wrong. God bless you if you're mild mannered. You can get your butt kicked. So, What kind of preacher, what kind of preacher y'all got over here? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and you have to get violent and take it by force. You have to be a little forceful at times. Are you with me? I'll give you an example. I like to listen to a guy. who's a national preacher who's helped thousands of people. I want you to listen to his testimony. He said, I got saved as a young man. He was a pilot. He said, I got saved, began to go to church. And he said, but it didn't make much difference in my life. He said, I wasn't bad. I wasn't raising hell anymore and stealing stuff i was a good person but just real honest you know what he said he said I, I thought there'd be more to it than this i wish people would get honest and just say you know i, I thought following jesus would be more than this he said i went to see my preacher and said to him you know I'm, i go to church and i'm trying to be a good fellow, but i don't see this stuff in my life he said matter of fact he said to be honest with you ain't much difference between me and the people i work at they don't even believe in god he said how come this stuff ain't working for me I wish we'd start asking you can ask him questions like that he'll answer you his preacher said to him tell me something do you ever spend time in in his word he said no i just come listen to you ain't that enough (laughs) you know his preacher said to him you feed your body three meals a day and you try to feed your spirit one snack a week no wonder he said get in the word son watch what happens and that boy by night he made a decision i'm gonna get in this book now this is where it gets crazy listen to this he went home that night. He set his alarm clock 30 minutes earlier the next day. He said, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to spend 30 minutes meditating this word. He said that alarm clock went off 30 minutes earlier than usual. He said, I got up and I slipped out of the room. Didn't want to wake my wife up. You know, y'all, y'all heard that about, did you wake up grouchy? I left her. So he slipped out. He, slipped out. he said, I got my Bible. said, so I went in the spare bedroom and uh, said, so I laid across the spare bed there to open my Bible. I'm going to read it. 30 minutes later, she's shaking me, saying, wake up, you're going to be late for work.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, now I'm ill with me. He said, I ain't going to have that mess no more. He got up the next same thing next morning, 30 minutes later, the winter, laid across the spare bed. 30 minutes later, she shook him, woke him up, said, get up, you're going to be late for work. He got ill. He said, I got up the next morning, 30 minutes later, said, I took that Bible. I didn't go into bed, I said, so I went to the bathroom. I pulled the shower curtain back. I got up, I balanced myself on the edge of the tub wall right there. (laughs) Opened that Bible and I said to myself, self, fall asleep now see what happens to you. (laughs) And he said, for three days I stood on the edge of that tub and read that Bible. Listen to me. Kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent have to make up their mind they're going to take it by force. You'd be surprised at the junk that even at this age tries to keep me out of this word. Not today, sucker. And he said, that word got inside of me. It began to come alive. I began to eat it. Things began to change. If I said his name, you'd know it. He's one of the great national ministers on TV today. How did he go from being a suffering believer, barely getting by, to a man that's changing lives? Thy word I have hid in my heart. Then was the fruit comes, when you put the word inside of you. There's no other... And just ain't no other way to make it work. All right. Let me tell you something. What starts out as a discipline, sometimes we got to push a little bit, right. will become the delight of your life.
1: Yes.
0: There's nothing you'd rather do than hear God speak through His Word. There's nothing I'd rather do. Now, I'm going to tell you a story and you're going to think I'm lying, but I'm telling the truth and God knows. it. I love this book. I, I live to read the Bible. And it's not just... Abenadab ah, begat Dijenadab. Who begat? I don't read that stuff. I read that. I go straight to the candy store. I read the good stuff. I don't eat the bro- broccoli. I eat the good stuff, and I love it so much. I'm tell you, it's just it becomes. I don't want this to happen to you. A little while back, a businessman called me and he said, "I know you love to fish. I want to do something for you." He said, "Costa Rica is the sail fishing capital of the world." I knew that. Greatest fishing in the world is off the coast of Costa Rica. Huge sailfish, guaranteed just show up he said i'll come pick you up said you got an airport right beside your church said i'll fly up there and get you said we'll fly down to costa rica said we'll sail fish for a couple of days he said we'll have a grand time said I'll, and i'll bring you back drop you out right at your church said you won't cost you a dime i'll pay for everything he said what do you say i got to thinking about that and i thought two three days in costa rica we're gonna be up at four o'clock in the morning to be on the boat and i thought asked me if i like to go fishing I mean, that, that's that is the that is the holy grail of fishing is Costa Rica, in the world. I got to think about this, that. I said, if I do that, that's three days, and I won't get much time in His Word. And I said, uh, now I said, look, I'll tell you what, Doc. Why don't you take the money he's going to spend on jet fuel, and buy me some motorcycles from missionaries in Africa? I don't think I want to go. I'd rather read this book than I would to go fishing in Costa Rica. Now, if he called me and said, let's go in the evening, I'm all about that. We'll go at night. You say, oh, you're such a spiritual man. Ain't nothing spiritual about it. I love to fish. I love to hear God talk to me more. His Word is just a delight. And that's where you start out as a discipline and get on the edge of the bathtub and say, there ain't nothing going to keep me from His truth. And it becomes absolute delight of your life. He speaks and the sound of His voice is so sweet. I want it to be that way for you. All right, Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you. He sent His Word. And healed them, as you said, Father. the The history of humanity is the word. The reason we had the dark ages is because the word was hidden in the Catholic Church. When the word of God hit the print and press, we had the Reformation. We had the Enlightenment. Everything came, has come because of the word of God in this earth. Today, the word is being darkened again, as your word said, darkness will cover the earth. I'm not responsible for the earth. I'm responsible for these folks listening to me. I pray in Jesus' name. Let the Word of God go deep in their hearts. I pray, Father, for people here today that they'll get the Spirit of God inside, be born again. Let Jesus come in their hearts so the guy who wrote the book can talk to them about it. And I pray for believers. Open their hearts. This book's going to be my life right here. And I thank you that they will find a way and you'll help them find a way. I praise you that when a man sows the seed of God's Word or a woman in their hearts, nothing can stop the harvest. It's coming in. Just as surely as day follows night, your Word is life to those who find it and healing to their entire being. I give you the praise and glory. Now, Lord, I feel like we need to stop right now and just invite people to come to you. Just invite people to follow you. Holy Spirit of God, go through the room here and just draw people to Jesus so they'll make a decision. I want to be a follower of Jesus. My right, friend, if we're here, sitting here as we're praying and waiting on Jesus, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never given your life to Jesus, right now is the time to do it. Let's do it right now. You have to pray to Him. He's listening. The Bible said this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You want to call on Him right now? I'll help you. Just a simple childlike prayer from the heart. Say this with me in your heart, right there where you're seated, say this with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for me, because you love me. I believe you rose up out of the grave, because you're almighty God. I believe you're coming back to earth someday. I wanna follow you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, I turn from that. Thank you for taking them away. From this day forward, you are the Savior, the Lord, and the love of my life. Best friend anybody ever had, Jesus, that's you from now on. Thank you for receiving me as your own. I pray this prayer by faith, trusting you to do what you said for me. And I pray it in the strong name of Jesus, mighty Son of God, strong to save and deliver. Now, friend, if you prayed that minute, raise your hand real high where I can see it. Just wave at me. That's great. Put all those down. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you for your goodness. Thank you that your word is the food that our spirits live on. And I pray in Jesus' name, people receive it into their hearts. Thank you for your kindness. We magnify you in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.